I V M. Hello, welcome, Khushamadeed. You're listening to the Note with me, Maharokhinayat. At a time when the BJP government at the center is clearly on the back foot, be it as far as the pandemic is concerned, the incursions by China, or the state of the economy. What the country would have reveled in is perhaps a strong opposition, but the Congress party finds itself in a huge crisis, a leadership crisis, and frankly, with Sachin Pilot arriving in the capital, another front has opened with the possible likelihood of the exit of another strong Congress leader. On the note with me, the former national spokesperson of the Congress party, Sanjay Jha, who was recently removed as a national spokesperson after he wrote a series of articles that were critical of the functioning of the party. Sanjay, wonderful to speak with you on the note. Um, interestingly, on a day when another front has opened, or rather a rebellion or whatever you want to call it, with Sachin Pilot arriving in the capital, apparently extremely upset with the Congress High Command. Having been such an integral part of the Congress, I know you're still a part of it, but you understand how the in- intra-party processes work. What's happening with Sachin Pilot? Uh, Maruk, firstly, thank you very much for inviting me in the note. And uh, I would just like to keep it very brief and say that I am not surprised uh, for the simple reason that when I look back at what happened in 2013, the Congress was decimated in the, in the Rajasthan Assembly elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came down to something like 22 seats. The BGP had a record 166 seats. And I'm personally aware, and I'm sure a lot of Congress people are, that in the comeback in 2018 Assembly elections in Rajasthan, it was entirely the spectacular effort of the young Sachin pilot who worked tirelessly day in and night out, traveled the length and breadth of Rajasthan, to bring the Congress back from the brink of 22 or 23 seats up mm-hmm. to 100, and the BJP came from came down from 166 to 45. Ideally, he should have been the Chief Minister of Rajasthan. So when when the Congress leadership chose to make make Mr. Ashok Gehlot, who was frankly the Chief Minister when the Congress collapsed in 2013, many people wonder as to what kind of a reward of the system do we have in the party, where someone who's frankly worked uh, brilliantly to bring the party back becomes a deputy to the very man uh, under whose reign the Congress collapsed in 2013. What are you seeing right now are the consequences of that conflict? So are we likely to see, uh, if, you were has, uh, if you were to hazard a guess, are we likely to see what happened with Jyoti Raditya Sindhya? Are we likely to see an, another big exit from the Congress party? Uh, since I'm uh, very much part of the Congress and I'm not going to leave the Congress party ever, uh, I would definitely not like to lose a Sachin pilot. No way. He's a great uh, political asset, Maruk. Uh, I was one of the few people in the Congress uh, who took a contrarian stand to the party's view uh, when Jyotir Aditya Sindhya left that, you know, he was merely going to be in a pastor. I don't think so. I think in politics, as in life, as in relationships, as in a corporate you never like to lose somebody good. Nobody likes to lose somebody good. Right. And uh, Jyoti Raditya Sindhya was a huge heavyweight, uh, you know, kind of positive news for the Congress. Great speaker, very articulate, savvy, uh, political lineage. 
पार्लियामेंट Uh, especially after Mr. Rahul Gandhi quit in 2019, so I do hope it is not going to be a redux of Jyotiraditya, who I think was another terrible loss for the Congress Party because not only did we lose a good guy, we lost the government in Madhya Pradesh. You know, Sanjay, I want to ask you. Everybody talks about people who understand the Congress Party, who've reported on it, political, uh, you know, strategists say that there's a big fight between the old guard and the new guard, right? Uh, and I'm going to come to what happened with you as well. Do you see that at play again? We saw it in Madhya Pradesh, and now we're seeing that with uh, uh, Sachin Pilot and Ashok Gehlot, the fight between the old and the new. Well, you know, frankly, I think more important than the ego hassles that may have come up. My question is, what is the job of a political leader? Is to troubleshoot, right? You you fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any organization, you have. Competing alternatives, you know, people compete for the big jobs, right? It's a pyramid structure. Of so as as you rise up the top, there are fewer options, and there is a lot of talent fighting for it. The job of political leadership is to resolve those problems and disputes. I mean, let's just look at it from a very simple example. Mr. Gehlot has got every right to be ambitious and never give up the job of the chief minister, and Sachin Pilot has every right to believe that that's a job he earned the rights for. Now, no, the job so of the political leader to sort it out. Exactly, and I want to come to that question, Sanjay. And you perhaps are in a good position right now to answer that. So, what is this leadership of the Congress Party? And are you referring to Mr. Rahul Gandhi and his inability to take the decisions that are there that are for the good of the party? Well, Mr. Gandhi was a leader who clearly took those decisions. I mean, that cannot be denied. Uh, he was the Congress president. And you remember, he tweeted uh, pictures and he said, "Patience is the biggest asset," and so on and so forth. Right. So those were Mr. Gandhi's decisions. And now the problem for the Congress Party, Maruf, is he resigned in uh, 2019, um, June, I think, after after the defeat in the Lok Sabha elections. Uh, technically, he's not the Congress president, although a lot of people speculate that he is the de facto Congress president. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, the Congress president is Mrs. Sonia Gandhi as of today, and she's the interim Congress president. Hmm. That's the reason why a lot of us have been talking about it. That you need a clearly defined leader, and you know, an interim Congress president was expected to be there for let's say three six months max. That has been so long, and and the Congress Working Committee. Uh, Mr. Gandhi said, "I'm not coming back. I don't want anybody from the family to come back, and I empower the CWC to select a new leader." These are not my words; these are Mr. Gandhi's words. So the CWC is basically saying that we are not going to adhere to what Mr. Gandhi wanted, and they are allowing a mindless drift. I know there are many good people in the CWC who want to resolve the issue, but clearly there are many other people in the Congress Working Committee. Who think that if the Congress is drifting into uh, some kind of a moribund state? So, who are the others who share your opinion, Sanjay? Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of people who have, uh, you know, publicly taken a position. I mean, I mean, I remember Sandeep Dixit has spoken very frankly. Bilind, uh, actually, Bilind Devra also had mentioned that he believed that uh, both Sachin and Jyoti Raditya were very good candidates. I think he said that almost a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Sashi has mentioned. That there should be elections to the CWC. 
And uh, there are people, you know, who have, uh, in private, I mean, there are so many of them uh, who have uh, called me up and said, we are concerned about the the future of the Congress Party simply because, uh, you know, there seems to be a great degree of indifference and nonchalance to be urgent, which is uh, insane because the BGP is currently railroading us. Absolutely. And uh, let me let me come to your particular case. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for our listeners, uh, you wrote uh, an article which was, I would say, which kind of was introspective. Many within the Congress Party say it was critical, outrightly critical about the state of the Congress Party. When you wrote that piece, did you expect action from the party against you? You know, I mean, we, we are telling the world that the BJP is the most uh, anti-democratic entity in the world. I think we are right. So why are we competing against them? It foxes me that in the last two Lok Sabha elections, we have got 96 seats, 44 and 52 put together. Our vote share is down to 19.5%. Uh, we have, uh, we lost since 2019 Lok Sabha. We've given away Karnataka. We gave away Madhya Pradesh. From the look of it, we are in trouble in Rajasthan. Where is the hunger to survive, forget to win? Uh, if at this point, somebody who's been with the party for, they say from 2004, so I've been there for around 16 years, Baruch, mm. and after 16 years in the party, if I give certain recommendations that are good for the party, they are, they are yes, they are, uh, they are a challenge to the status quo. Uh, yes, there is an element of uh, what I call as a provocative slant to it because you can't change by being, you know, stayed and laid back. Uh, and I gave very viable alternatives that you should have elections for the CWC and the Congress president, you should have a shadow cabinet, you should come under the RTR and political funding, you should appoint five regional vice presidents, and you should definitely have a shadow cabinet. Now, how are these bad ideas? And if you read my articles, they actually say that the Congress is the only bulwark against a rampaging authoritarian fascist communal BJP. So I have always said so that I am never joining any other political party, not the BJP including. I'm always going to be a diehard congressman. And if I come across and write because there is no other forum where I can speak at, Mm-hmm. And I write an op-ed. Why should anybody have any problem against that? No, but, you know, Sanjay, many would argue that you should have raised these issues on an internal party platform, right? And you have pretty much played into the hands of the BJP and the other parties that are opposing the Congress party. Uh, what would you say to that criticism? Well, you know, Maru, frankly, if it was an internal party forum, I wouldn't be writing an op-ed. Uh, number <laughs> two, uh, number two, you know, if your house is not in order, the neighbor is always going to come and call this radio, simple. Hmm. You know, of late we've, uh, we've been saying, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the party and as you see it progressing, going forward. Rahul Gandhi seems to be trying to reinvent himself. You've been talking, and in this conversation as well, you've talked about a new leadership, elections to the CWC, fresh faces. Do you agree with those who say that Rahul is perhaps the Congress's biggest weakness? That we need somebody else. Let him be part of the winning team. Let him be part of the strategizing team that takes the Congress forward. Because it's very clear that he's not acceptable to a very large electorate in this country. Well, I mean, um, you know, whether he wants to continue or not want to continue, we took a call on that on May 2019. I mean, when you give it in writing, and he took a public position, and I personally, Baruch, applauded that. I personally appreciate any leader who takes a moral responsibility for a second devastating route. Uh, frankly, I do come from the school of thought 
that accountability is the name of the game. You fail, you, you quit. It's simple. I, I would say that any future Congress president who fails to deliver must pack his bags and go. You know, we need to get out of this, you know, old fogey syndrome that, you know, you take a position and you have to necessarily be there to be your tenure ends. Now, frankly, if you look at Mr. Gandhi's initial track record, it wasn't too bad. He did well in Gujarat, gave the BJP a run for the money, formed the government in Karnataka, and won Chhattisgarh, Rajasthan, and Madhya Pradesh. And, and, of course, lost the Lok Sabha. Now, the truth is that these are decisions that leader needs to take. Now, he's taken a call. Now, of late, he's obviously been doing a lot of good interviews with very eminent people, which is a great way to reinvent your personal. It's more of a journalistic exercise than a political one, to be honest, Sanjay. Marut, I mean, he's building his political brand. And I, I don't think, you know, you can deny an individual that fundamental right to reinvent himself because I think his, his personal reputation took a lot of hitting by the BGP IT cell and, you know, the way they crashed his name. I really feel that I've said so before, I'll repeat it again. I think Mr. Gandhi underestimated the damage that entire Papu campaign that the BGP IT cell ran completely demolished a lot of the positives that he actually brought to the table. But I do believe that the future is not about a personality. And I do think the Congress has enough arsenal in terms of manpower talent, uh, where if anybody else is given a chance to become the Congress president, let that happen to an election, uh, the Congress will not only do well, and bounce back with the elections with, with a lot of energy and drive. I think this whole myth that the Congress can't survive without the Gandhi family, who have been fantastic, whose contribution to the Congress and the country has been tremendous. I don't think that has been even debated or challenged. But the Congress could do with a new dynamic leader uh, who is a non-Gandhi so that you get rid of this whole domestic baggage that, you know, they get criticized for. Any names so, that you have in mind? Any names that you feel might be fit for this role since you say there's a lot of talent in the Congress party? Yeah, I, I definitely hope Sachin is not leaving and I hope Sachin stays. And Sachin could be a great Congress president. He's a hands-on fighter, aggressive guy, and, you know, you need somebody like that, or you could put somebody more, more, uh, you know, sophisticated, urban, very popular with the urban crowd, a global brand, intellectual brand, like, uh, like Dr. Sashi Tharoor. You could even put regional state leaders, like Captain Amrinder Singh, you could have uh, maybe Pugesh Bagel. Uh, you could look at a variety of people who could play different roles. So I think until you give people an opportunity, you're never going to know whether they have the better to I'm curious to know why Priyanka Gandhi doesn't come to your mind because there's a section of the Congress party that every time kind of brings forth the name of Priyanka Gandhi uh, the minute there is a leadership debate up for grabs. She's the first one who suggested. Obviously, it suits certain sections of the Congress party because that's where this information comes from each time. Maruk, uh, frankly, uh, I know Priyanka, I think she's going to be well enough to tell you that she's a huge uh, uh, I would say political heavyweight. Now, the reason why I don't take her name, although, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, in terms of her ability, her political instincts, her communication, the way she gets along with people, and she can be very, very aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't take her name because I think Mr. Gandhi was very clear that nobody from the Gandhi family should now uh, take over the role of a Congress president and he's a new non-Gandhi leader. So, therefore, I would probably not put her in the list at this point of time for sure. 
you know, uh, turn of events and the sequence of events rather, uh, removing you as national spokesperson of the Congress party also shows um, a lot of inaccessibility. Had you had access to the leadership of the Congress party, you would have put forth whatever you thought was wrong in the party. Like you said, there's no internal platform to, you know, uh, uh, to uh, like a redressal system within the party to address issues and to maybe, uh, maybe debate on the way forward for the party. In all of this, how accessible is Rahul Gandhi? Because he seems to be surrounded by people, and I know that you mentioned this as well, who in your words, don't know the difference between Muzaffarpur and Muzaffarnagar. Uh, is that perhaps what is killing the Congress party? I think this has been a complaint for a very long time. Uh, and not just me, several leaders have complained that getting an access to Mr. Gandhi to be an Amazonian uh, experience. And I think that's deeply unfortunate because, uh, you know, until you listen to a variety of people, you'll never really know uh, what really is the pulse of uh, the Janta at the ground level. And, uh, and, and this is something that, you know, a political leader has to figure out. I'm, I don't want to uh, really make uh, any recommendations, but except to say that it damages the party. Uh, think about it, uh, Maruf, you asked me about platforms. Uh, the Congress party did not have a single spokesperson's meeting for six years. How are you going to defeat the PGP or any party for that matter? Communication in today's day and age of social media, Instagram, YouTube, WhatsApp, television. I mean, you need to debate. Actually, you should have meetings every three months discussing strategy and tactics and, and new ways of combating the BJP. Right. And so on. Not once for six years. I don't know. I, I think it just reveals a strange inertia that frankly foxes me. So what is the road ahead for Sanjay Jha? Maruk, let me tell you, I, I, I want to... I want to be honest, uh, I am a congressy by my DNA. Uh, I do believe that a party that once never lost close of elections, you would get over 45% vote share, 350 seats. Uh, to see us come down to 19% of vote share, BJP is now at 37%. The BJP has got twice the number of votes that the Congress party has. I mean, this is incredible. And you know, it's not just about looking at the 1984 figure, you know, where the BJP had two seats and 7% of the votes, and the Congress had 48% of the votes and 414 seats. So clearly there's been a decline. You know, can I mention a point here before I take your... Uh, sure, sure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The Congress party actually withered during the time that it was in government. Now, between 2004 to 14, when Dr. Manmohan Singh was a prime minister, in the UPA 1 and 2, and actually the, the party did reasonably well in UPA 1, or the UPA 2 would allow many negative news to take over, like you know, all these alleged scams, and Anna Hazare and Arvind mm. Kejriwal destroyed the party. Uh, but organizationally, when it was in power, I think it completely treated it as if it was some kind of a, you know, stepson kind of a treatment, or it was getting a stepmotherly treatment. The organization became so weak that when we lost in 2014, Whacked badly by the BJP, the Congress was demoralized. It had no organization left because we hadn't beefed it up and we were in power uh, because of the arrogance of what I call is the you know the whole Delhi culture in our in our organization that is so obsessed with you know this whole Delhi centric approach to politics that across the country the Congress's organization had become extremely phlegmatic, and I think when we lost. That got exposed, which is why the Congress has struggled to come back ever mm -hmm. since it lost 2014 
We have lost in 19, and believe me, we have lost so many states, and we continue to do so, which is which is where the big. Even worries. the states that are won at the elections are lost later. Exactly. And therefore, my question: I'm not leaving anywhere. I'm going to be with the Congress. My my objective personally is to see if I can mobilize enough support for the people within the Congress to say, listen, we can't let this happen to a party that fought for India's freedom struggle. that built the modern india that made india an inclusive democracy that truly believes in a secular liberal environment uh, i believe the congress party is the answer to india's problems right particularly baruch when you look at the way this government is goofed up on foreign policy on ladakh with china uh, on on the economy which is in absolute uh, devastation the migrants which became a humanitarian crisis for the country poor governance communalism and i mean i believe mr modi's government has been dysfunctional but the fact that mr modi still remains popular is a message to the congress party get your act together otherwise we face seriously an existential the writing is on the wall as they say sanjay but uh, for being so open um unlike most politicians who hardly say much uh, about what's going within the party thank you so much and most importantly i feel the road ahead for you is a very very tough one given as you just said that the congress party is almost an absent opposition at a time when issues are being handed to them on a platter by the bjp but uh, the all the very best to you i know you're a fighter uh, and i hope to see you back uh, maybe at this time not just as a spokesperson but also you know fighting from somewhere and winning an election all the very best sanjay very much baruk there is a note saying when the going gets tough the tough get going the tough get going i'm not going to any party <laughs> i'm going to remain in my party but i will do my level best to see if come back all the very best to you thank you so much if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at the rate IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Mahrukh Inayat on Twitter and Mahrukh Inayat on Instagram as well.